Hey ladies, thank you guys for checking me out today with Sip That Tea. Um, today we're going to talk about something that is um, something really close and dear to me. Something I thought I would never have to deal with, um, infertility. Um, as you guys know, um, my husband and I are currently going through IVF. Um, and what's so crazy about it is that we honestly um, did not expect to share so much of this um we started on sharing our story on tiktok but it was just like a few videos like you know here and there it was nothing you know in full context we didn't go deep into it we didn't answer you know a bunch of questions but we would always get comments um or you know people would inbox me about about it um and then once we went through the transfer um stage we started to get more questions about it so i would post a little bit more um then once everything came to an end um i was so surprised to see so many women to go through what i went through um either they they you know, going through the process or, you know, they've never even been to the stage where I've been at, or they've been doing it for many of years, um, or they're about to start. Um, we had said we were just going to keep it on TikTok and YouTube. And, you know, we have so much footage, um, doctor's appointments and stuff I recorded just for us to have, you know? Um, but then we had an issue where, you know, somebody that was on my Facebook page is following me on TikTok, which is fine. Um, but the message kind of got twisted a little bit. I don't think they fully understood it. And it's okay. Um, I know this is not an easy subject to, you know, basically understand what's going on. So I ended up having to clear the air because, you know, people were concerned and they were calling me whatever long story short um I went on Facebook and I decided to give a summarized story of what was going on I didn't really go into full details but you know I gave the information that needed to be get to be given and I felt like that was sufficient enough um I really was caught off guard and I honestly um was totally surprised um we got a good amount of people commenting, you know, on our situation on the post. They, you know, love comments. But what surprised me was the inbox. What surprised me was so many women that um, actually inboxed me because either their daughter was going through it or their niece or um, they personally were going through it or, you know, they were going through infertility issues but they didn't know where to start or um, they had questions about the process and they just didn't know who to ask. And it just really like baffled me. Like me and my husband, you know, well, mainly my husband, because honestly, you know, when everything happened, I really fell into a depression. And, you know, I'm glad that I have, you know, the support system that I have because I don't think I would have really made it through without my husband or my kids. But um, I really was depressed. But my husband literally, you know, would read my messages because 
I don't mind him going to my inbox because I go on his too. But anywho, um, and he was just like, look, babe, you have these people encouraging you. You know, you're not by yourself. Look, this lady is going through this too. Or this lady has been through this. And, you know, it doesn't minimize what you're going through. But just know you're not alone. Maybe you really need to talk about it. And you know what? I was just like, you know what? You're right. Maybe I do. So I said... Not, I don't plan on doing too many episodes about this, but I do feel like it's something that needs to be talked about. When my husband and I um, were told that this was the direction that we needed to take, um, the first thing I did was research. Um, if you know me, you know I'm a Google queen. <laughs> I stay on Google and YouTube. Uh, so I Googled everything and, you know, I thought I was a whole expert with a PhD. <laughs> Little did I know, I didn't even know half of it. Um, <laughs> went on YouTube and I just wanted to see women and I just wanted to hear their stories and it baffled me that there were not too many women that look like me. And I'm not going to make this a race issue because infertility can happen with anyone's race. Um, doesn't matter if you're purple, blue, yellow, orange, doesn't matter your color. It can happen to you. Um, fertility has no color per se, but I'm going to tell you guys some interesting facts. And this is why I feel like this needs to be talked about more. So I'm going to um, give you guys a little bit of information. So to even see a fertility doctor uh, for your insurance to pay for it, you have got to be first actively trying. Now, this is for my heterosexual couples, okay? You have to be actively trying for two years, and this is for age um. 35 and younger. Anyone 35 and up would have to be trying consistently for six months, meaning no birth control and has to be documented. So you can't tell your doctor, uh, well, I've been trying for two years. If you know your doctor doesn't have it written down, then you know insurance won't pay for it. So you have to actively communicate with your doctor. Um, no birth control again, two years, all that good stuff. And what makes it so crazy, a lot of birth control takes a year or more to get out of your system. So depending on how long you've had it. So that's another issue, but that's another conversation for another day. Um, if you're 35 and older, you're considered high risk because of your age, which is crazy to me. I don't feel like at 35, I'm old. I'm not there yet, but Jesus. Anywho, that's the rules. Um, so then you have reasons of why you're going through fertility issues. And one of them could be PCOS. Now, PCOS is a hormonal disorder causing enlarged ovaries with small cysts on the outer edge. I'm sorry, polycystic ovary syndrome, POS, a hormonal disorder causing enlarged ovaries with small cysts on the outer edges. Now, that can definitely cause infertility. It can cause um, unwanted hair loss, all that good stuff. Male infertility. Um, that's another thing. And, you know, when me and my husband were trying, we were going through what we were going through. I thought my husband was to blame because, again, I have four children. So why am I now going through fertility issues? So we went through all the tests. 
We went through everything. Um, little backstory with us. We got together. Again, I had four children. My husband has no children of his own. No living children of his own. Um, I know before we got together, many, many, many moons ago, when my husband was in the military, my husband was with a young lady. Um, he was married, and he never had his own children with uh, his own child with her. Um, then my husband dated and, um, it's just so weird to think of my husband with somebody else, but anywho, my husband dated a young lady and the young lady was about five months along when she lost her child. Um, and you know, that was about it. Other than that, my husband has no None, zero, zilch, okay? Um, when we got together, we were together for a while. Uh, we ended up moving in together uh, before we got married. Yes, I was a little hosy. So <laughs> uh, we moved in together and uh, we ended up pregnant. And the only ones that knew that we were pregnant were close friends of ours um, in the area um, and his mother, and of course, my husband and I, um, I ended up losing a baby. We were about six weeks along when I had a miscarriage. Um, I didn't really think of nothing much of it. Um, it wasn't my first miscarriage, so it was what it was. Um, at that time, um, right, right around that time, I already knew I had fibroid issues and, um, I was diagnosed with endometriosis and I'll give you guys endometriosis. Um, surprisingly, most African-American women are, um, diagnosed with endometriosis. So it's basically a disorder in which tissue that normally lines the uterus grows outside the uterus. With endometriosis, the tissue can be found on the ovaries, fallopian tubes. Um, the most common symptoms are pain and menstrual irregular irregularities. Um, effective treatments such as hormones and um, surgery are available. Um, I have been offered to do certain surgeries um, to help with the endometriosis. I am like, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, no. Um, I have learned that um, diet can actually help changing your diet. Um, if it's left untreated, which is rare, it doesn't always happen. Um, there are different things that could happen, uh, pains or your menstruation. And if you guys know me, you guys know when is that time of the month, I am in pain. Um, usually the first three to four days I am in my house, I am bent over, um, I have heavy bleeding, large clots, all that good stuff. If you know me, you already know. I usually use the always overnight pads and I have to use about two to three of them. So yes, that's how bad it is. Um, I am severely anemic as well. So yay me. I just got it all going on. So <laughs> that's just a little story about that. So again, I had fibroids and endometriosis. So we chalked it up as to that being the cause. And we just knew, you know, after talking to the doctor, like when we're ready, I would have to get a fibroid removed. Da, 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 da. And I just wasn't too keen on that. Like I was just like, it has to be another way. And that's just who I am. Um, I did try to start changing my diet. 
Um, I did start noticing that I was gaining more weight. Um, honestly, my eating habits have never changed. If you guys know me, you know how I am. I love to eat. But then I go through stages, like especially when it's hot, I will not eat anything. Like I'm really like more of a fruit kind of person. I don't like to eat anything heavy. I get sick. I just want to be left alone. That's just who I am. In the winter time, you guys know I stay eating beans, beans and dumplings. <laughs> it's like it's something I need, but I I love to eat but I I've never changed that I just took it as I'm getting older my metabolism is changing so that's probably why I'm gaining weight um up until a year ago my activity level has never changed I've never been the kind of girl that goes to the gym okay like if you see me in the gym I probably go to the gym like once every blue moon I hate exercising because I hate sweating but I've always worked um I always walked you know around and all that good stuff but when it comes to like really exercising that's just never been me when I complained to the doctor that I just felt like things were off with me it would it was just chalked up as you're getting older. Um, it could be your fibroids. Your thyroid is okay. I did get them to check that out. That was okay. So it was just more of you're getting older. Your metabolism is slowed down. More than likely, this is why you're gaining weight. You're going to have to change your activity and eating habits. If you know me, you know this is the biggest I've ever been in my life. I've never been, you know, this real chunky. Like I've always been tall and I would go through my stages where I was a little um a little chubby but I was slim right on out like I've I've never been like this so it, it was something that I was concerned about but it wasn't on my top list if that makes sense um fast forward uh, my husband and I get married um nobody knew at our wedding that we were actually pregnant and we were actually planning on having a bartender and um, an open bar at our wedding. We had the alcohol and everything, but when we found out we were pregnant, I was like, uh, no, because I be darned, y'all ain't getting drunk up in my wedding and I got to be sober. So that's what happened. Um, and like a week after our wedding, we had another miscarriage. So after that, we said, okay, something's going on. We need to talk about it. We need to fix it. Um, I, again, assumed it was my husband because I'm like, I got four kids. <laughs> like, seriously, I was like, I got four kids. It can't be me. I'm fertile mortal. Like, that's just my mindset. Um, but little did I know it was me. Um, I started going to the doctor more, started getting more tests done. And then um, last year, I believe it was in September of last year, I was diagnosed with PCOS. Um, and I was just like, what is that? And I give you guys the um, definition for that um, is basically a hormonal disorder causing enlarged ovaries with small cysts on the outer edges. And um, I was surprised by that. I had been told many of times that I had a few cysts on my ovaries, not to worry about it, it was nothing. Da, 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 da. I've always had painful periods again, but I chalked it up as me having endometriosis. Um, 
I've always had irregular periods. Again, um, sometimes my period will last for three days. Sometimes it'll last for five. Sometimes it'll last for two weeks. Sometimes I don't even see aunt flow. And I have to like literally look like, oh my God, did we have sex? Like when was the last time we had sex? And you know, let me do my chart. Am I pregnant? Like seriously, that's, you know, how it is. Um, also some symptoms of PCOS is difficulty of getting pregnant. Um, because most of the time, because you're not having your menstrual, a lot of women are not ovulating their, their, um, ovulation is irregular as well. Um, some women have excessive hair growth on their face, on their chest, on their butt. Um, and I know a lot of women in my family who have hair on their chin, you know, and people chalk it up as as, you know, there's this whole thing. I don't know if you guys heard it, but if you have facial hair as a woman, then that means you have a good vagina. And I'm like thinking to myself, like now that I know, like, no, sis, you got PCOS. <laughs> Weight gain is another symptom of having it and thinning of the hair. Now, for the past two, year, two years, I have noticed that my hair has started thinning out. I've changed my shampoos and my conditioners. I've changed my hairdressers. I've changed my hairstyles. You know, there was a time in my life where I was just wearing um, sew-ins or I was wearing quick weaves then I started wearing more braids and I had to stop wearing that because I was like okay well my hair is thinning I don't want to be bald so I, I started wearing my hair more natural and I was wearing it out and I hate it and you know everybody loves my hair and I'm like no I don't so I was doing that just trying to you know help my hair breathe because I thought that's what it was because when I was talking to my doctors nobody was taking me serious um, and then another symptom of it is oily skin or acne. And I do have my breakouts and I've tried everything. Um, I've literally tried everything and <sighs> it's horrible. Um, so <laughs> that is just basically what I was going through. And then once I got the diagnose, it felt good. I felt different emotions. I felt really good because I now knew I wasn't crazy and I wasn't imagining the symptoms that I was going through. And finally, somebody heard me. Somebody heard me enough to say, okay, let's run this test. And this is why I honestly am for, you know, and again, I'm not trying to make this a race issue. I'm just speaking facts right now. I am for having black women to have black doctors as well and female doctors as that because I just feel as though in my experience they listen to me my the doctor that found out what was going on with me found the missing piece of the puzzle she was a black woman and she listened to me um the other people did not so you know it only took about two minutes for them to really diagnose me. They did a transvaginal ultrasound. I did blood work as well. And then I also found out that I was in early stages of menopause. I am going through premenopause at 32 years old. So I hit a double, double whammy. Like I have fibroid issue. I have endometriosis. I have PCOS and I am going through premenopause. So my doctor said, look, 
with all of this going on, you want to have a baby, you and your husband, I recommend you go to this fertility specialist and you need to go ASAP. And that's what we did. Um, again, I am 100% grateful to have that doctor because she listen to me. And this is why, you know, again, black women, you really need to voice, voice your concerns. Um, studies have shown that black women are 1.5 times more likely to experience infertility more than any other race, more than any other race. And to me, that's crazy. They tell us that most of it has to do with our diet, and I could see it because um, we eat a lot of fried foods. A lot of us are busy. You know, I had to work at one point in time, multiple jobs, and, you know, it was helpful sometimes to order food for my children for myself. It was helpful for me to, you know, grab food for lunch because the night before I cooked dinner. And my kids ended up eating all the daggone food and I didn't have anything to take with me to work. So, you know, ordering the, the cheesesteak stromboli or the cheesesteak and french fries, it was easy for me. So, um, anyways, I have been trying to eat a little different. I have been implementing more uh, fruits and vegetables into my diet, more fish into my diet. Um, thank God for my mother-in-law cause she brought us an air fryer. So that's like my best friend. Um, try, <laughs> we've tried sea moss as well because sea moss have been shown to help with infertility. Um, also ginger water, but, um, I cannot get over the taste of ginger, but yes, that is what I've been doing. Um, <clears throat> different types of fertility, uh, treatments. And I definitely wanted to touch that because I know a lot of women have, um, asked me, why did I choose IVF? Well, I didn't choose IVF. Um, your doctor is going to tell you what is best for you. Um, so for us, IVF was a decision that was, um, made for us. Um, Let's see. How can I put this? You have multiple different um, ways you can get pregnant. Um, you have OI, IUI, and IVF. And I can explain each one to you. Um, a lot of people, a lot of doctors will tell you to start off with um medications first um they would want you to do it more naturally first before you go off with um IVF. so oi is bas basically ovulation induction um it basically used medication to simulate the development of your follicles so that at least one of your eggs is released for ovulations um you have to time your intercourse um, to fertilize your eggs naturally. Um, I will honestly say that is the hardest thing to do. Um, just because <laughs> if you work and you have to like 
so with this, you have to take your temperature um, and your temperature has to be a certain amount, like you tracking it. And they say that if your temperature is a certain amount, it, it shows that you're ovulating. Um, it's the best time to get pregnant. Um, you have to check your ovulation and there are kits to do that. You just basically pee on a stick. I believe it's first response to have the ovulation kits, but I'm pretty sure somebody else have them too. Just pee on a stick. It lets you know when you're ovulating. It lets you know like, okay, it's time to do the deal. The only problem with that is when it's that window time, you have got to jump on it. With my husband's schedule and my schedule, it definitely wouldn't work even if we didn't have the issues that we had going on. Um, if everything was good with us, we definitely could not do that because of his work schedule. We we could not do it. We could not do it. And I commend any woman that actually go through it. Um, kudos to you because you are definitely a trooper. And again, much, much baby dust your way. Um, most of the time, women have to take gonol. Um, I actually have to take that at uh, for IVF, central tide, um, it's an injection as well, and Ovidrill, uh, that's another injection that they have to take. Um, sometimes they take a medicine, and I cannot think of the name of it, but it is actually um, a pill to kind of help them. I actually talked to a few ladies who actually take the pill. Um, to kind of help them with um, ovulating. Um, another treatment is IUI, and this is an in-office procedure. They just basically put a catheter, um, used to place the sperm in a uterus um, through the cervix. Um, basically, it helps with fertilizing a little bit better. Honestly, I personally have seen um, People go through this that are same-sex couples. Um, they usually use the donor sperm to kind of do that. But again, that was not for me as well. Um, so we go to IVF. IVF in, in vitro fertilization. Basically with IVF, I literally had to stem. And when I say stem, it's just basically stimulating my ovaries um, to get my follicles together so I can get more aches. Um, and they stop you from ovulating as well. Um, I had to literally take a bunch of medication. I had to do three injections a day um, and take pills and including my prenatal vitamins as well um, every single day. And I did that for about almost a week, close to a week. I did that. Um, every other day I had to travel from Maryland to Philadelphia just for monitoring because there is a no monitoring place around here. I legitly called every single gynecologist in a 50 mile, 50 to 75 mile radius, seriously, trying to find a place to do my monitoring. And let me tell you what the monitoring is. It's a transvaginal ultrasound. And basically what they do is count your follicles. And when they feel as though you have a lot of follicles because the more follicles you have, the science is, is uh, you'll have more aches. So they measure them, all that good stuff. So I had a good amount of follicles and, you know, it was like, okay, well, guess what? 
you have enough. You have more than enough. We're going to get all these eggs from you. And it's so, I, I'm telling you guys, I cried. So when it came time for the retrieval, I just knew I had a bunch of eggs, honey. They only retrieved four eggs for me. Yes, four eggs. Um, doing IVF, you know, they expect to have at least 20 eggs from you. So then we had the option if we wanted to um, do another round of stimming or if we wanted to just see if our eggs would grow. And we made a decision that, okay, we got four eggs. Let's go from there. You know what I mean? So that's what we did. Um, just to give you guys an update, like just to give you like a clarification of how, how much we had. So our left, my left ovary, I had two, two 18 mm follicles. I had one 8 mm follicle, 16 mm follicles, 14 mm follicles, 12 mm, 4 mm, 5 mm. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight follicles on my left ovary. On my right, I had 13 mm, 22 mm, and that 22 stood out strong. 18, 15, 16, 16, 16, 10, 6, 8. That's 10. 10 follicles. And my doctor was like, okay, we got enough. Da, 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 da. I was so excited. And to know they only got four eggs for me. And um, they got four for my right, none for my left. I cried. I cried when they woke me up. Um, just FYI, if you go through IVF, when it's time for your retrieval, they do put you to sleep. They give you a medication called propofol and they put you under. I cried. I cried. Um, again, 20 eggs is what they at least, at least expect to have from you. Um, out of the four eggs that we had, um, three were fertilized to matured. That was it. So, um, after that, I would tell you, they, um, send you home. And because we were out of town, they give you the option. You could stay in a hotel because we were going to do a three day transfer. So basically what happens is they allow your, your eggs to sit in a dish and they want to see it grow because your embryos are supposed to double in size, um, every day. So they're going to tell you like which one is viable, what's not, um, they're able to grade your, um, embryos, uh, or your eggs, um, just by how they're growing and how they're reacting to everything. So they'll tell you which one is um, the best one to choose from and they'll let you know um, their recommendation if they recommend you to uh, um, to freeze them or if they recommend you to um, implant them ASAP or do another round. Um, we were sent home. We decided to go home because, you know, my mother-in-law was coming into town to take me back up there for my transfer. Um, it is a very painful situation. Um, when I tell you, if you've ever had a DNC, 
is way worse than a DNC. And I've had plenty of them. It is way worse than a DNC. It hurts so bad. I needed help getting into my house. I could not walk all up the steps by myself. Um, I literally needed help using the bathroom. I could not bend down to use the bathroom when I urinated. I was in so much pain. I literally cried. Like, seriously, it hurts. Um, and you're going to be in pain for at least a week at least a week um and they let you know that asap um you may experience slight bleeding i did have a little bit of spotting it was nothing too bad i did find using a heating pad did help with my pain and discomfort for a little bit and then my husband um brought me a um like a pillow to kind of help prop up my legs because i did develop some swelling as well um, because once you finish your transfer, it's time to prep your body into thinking it's pregnant. So we had to do injections again. <laughs> and this time it was not fun. Um, I had to get my progesterone shot in my booty and it's oil and it goes in your butt and it hurts. That needle is so long. It hurts. Um, had to use that then i had two needles that went in my stomach um my stomach was pretty much bruised up so when people tell me that ivf is like the easiest way out i just look at them because i'm like you really don't know anything about ivf do you it is painful it is mentally draining, it is emotionally draining, and honestly, it is physically draining, and it can be financially draining. Let's talk about the price. Price of IVF can range anywhere from 3000 to some places 50000 just for one round of IVF. Let that soak in. So please watch what you say and how you say it when people are trying to they're going to this extreme. Like if anyone is going to this extreme to have a child, honestly, to say, well, maybe it's God's will that you don't have a child or saying, you know, maybe it's not meant for you to do this or saying you took the easy way out. Don't say that because for someone to go through that extreme to bring life into this world, that is not something you say. I'm just saying. Sometimes I feel like you have to tell people what to say. Ugh, it's horrible. But anywho, um, I had to do that. Um, there's a pill that I have to stick in my cervix to help with my cervix and everything. So I had to stick that up in my vagina. And again, I was so sore and bloated because of the procedure that was done. I couldn't even bend over. So just imagine that. My husband. <laughs> I remember him sticking the pill up in me and I was just yelling because he was so rough with it. And I was like, you, and it was so funny because his mom was here. <laughs> his mom was here and I was just like, oh my God, what the hell? You act like you've never been up there before. Like you don't know what to do. <laughs> It's horrible, but it hurt so bad. And I had to make sure he felt his nails. I'm like, you had a hangnail last time. You scratched me. I'm already in pain. I don't need no more cuts. I don't need no bacteria. Clean your hands. The hell. 
File your nails. The hell? <laughs> I know he was tired of me, but listen, the stuff I had to go through. Um, but yes. <laughs> so basically, you're 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 making yourself, uh, you're making your body believe it's pregnant. Um, you're adding all these hormones. And when I tell you the hormones was off the charts, the hormones was off the charts. I experienced hot flashes. I experienced um, nausea, cravings. Um, and this is before my transfer, seriously. Um, nausea, headaches, um, hot flashes, uh, cravings. Um, what else? Jesus, have mercy. I literally would wake up at like two o'clock in the morning and I would be drenched in sweat. Now, mind you, I'm already pre-menopausal. I've been having hot flashes, but these hot flashes were more intense. I literally was drenched in like sweat. I had to start putting uh, towels underneath my sheets. Seriously. Um, my husband, my kids, they were freezing. My AC was literally on 58 degrees. Seriously. If you came to my house, my poor mother-in-law came over here <laughs> and she was so cool. She was like, what the hell? I was like literally walking around with shorts and the tank. I was like, it's so hot. And I'm like fanning myself. She's like, please don't touch the air no more, please. <laughs> she would literally go for a walk just to get some heat. My kids would go outside on the balcony because they were cold inside the house. Uh, I'm so sorry, you guys, but I was so hot so hot um I had to do that um uh, for a few days and then it was time to um transfer my embryo inside of me um so a little bit about that um you have to take a shot it's called a trigger shot um a few days before it's time you to for, time for you to transfer um your your uh embryo um I had to get all that stuff done <sighs> the worst part of this was that my husband had to work the day that I had to get a transfer the best part of this was that my mother-in-law was able to be here she videotaped it um called to him as well so he could watch it live and um that was the best part i think and she was like so super supportive i will say this when it's time for your transfer please make sure that you have nothing but positive people around you and that you are stress-free um, where I go for my fertility treatments, they do recommend that you do the acupuncture. Um, we did acupuncture. I did acupuncture. I said, we, I did it right before my transfer and I did it right after my transfer. So we did two. Um, and it was a great experience. I was really surprised about that because only time I seen anyone get an acupuncture done was in a movie and they look like a porcupine, right? But it's only a few needles. You don't feel absolutely nothing. And it really relaxed me. It really did. And I felt so good. Like I felt so good. Um, so we did that. Um, they give you a volume. This procedure, you're awake for the um, procedure. Um, they have the ultrasound there. 
they have the embryologist that actually show you a picture of your embryo. Um, that day we decided to do two. And I know now I regret it. Um, I wish I had only did one and I froze the other one because I feel as though I would have been able to not have to go through the process all over again from the start. I, you know, with this happening, maybe I would have been able to say, okay, you know, this didn't, you know, finish growing. This baby didn't finish growing. It stopped. Let's try it again. And I would have been really fertile because, you know, when you lose a child, you know, or you give birth, you're extremely fertile. Then the medication would have been in my system. Like, I have this whole idea and I know I have to stop beating myself up about it. But I just, if I could, I would, you know, only do one. Um, but what's done is done. It is what it is. Um, <sighs> they give you a volume. Uh, to relax you before your transfer. They also, um, you'll see that they'll give you, uh, they're doing an ultrasound, a regular ultrasound um, of your uterus because they're going to implant the baby into your uterus. There's a long catheter. You feel absolutely nothing. Um, the catheter, catheter is really long. It's really small. goes up in you. You might feel like a little pressure that said it wasn't nothing too extreme like it was bearable um and you're able to watch your babies be implanted like you really see that and I thought that was just so amazing um so yeah after that they give you a set of roles so you're not allowed to go swimming you're not allowed to soak in a bathtub you're not allowed to use a heating pad. And that sucks because <laughs> after the injections, it really does. It really did help me to use a heating pad. And I am so upset that I didn't even realize or even knew that, you know, using an ice pack was even better than the heating pad um, afterwards. Or I could have got a little small heating pad to put on top of my butt when I had the injection so yeah um you have to keep socks on they say that um warm feet create a warm uterus so embryos look at nice and toasty keep your warm your feet nice and warm um injections continue on because you want to really produce um the hormones and you just really want your baby to grow you want your body to really say, okay, you're pregnant. Um, once those embryos are inside of your uterus, you are technically pregnant, ladies. You are pregnant. Um, my doctor, and again, this is case-by-case case scenario. So what happens for me may not happen for the next. My doctor really, really wanted me to be on bed rest. Uh, we were told ahead of time, when this happens, feet up at all times. I literally stayed in the house. Nobody really seen me. <laughs> I barely was out of my house. Oh my gosh, it killed me because you guys know. <sighs> Anywho, I literally legs up all the time, every day. Um, if people came to my house, they seen me on the sofa, legs up. Um, I was having symptoms as if I was pregnant, um, because I was, and 
Uh, we took a pregnancy test. It came back out positive. We were so happy. Um, blood test, our first blood test came back. Everything was great. Everything was looking normal. Um, as we sit back and we think about what happened, because that's just who I am as a person, um, we realize what happened and, um, I feel like that's important for us. It's important so we don't make the same mistake again. And our next time will be successful, preferably. Um, one of our medications that we had is called Nupigen. Uh, you actually have to take it. With this one medication, I had literally ran out. Um, a couple days after my transfer and after my blood work and uh, we ordered the medication. This medication you cannot get from your local drugstore. You have to get it from your fertility drugstore um, and they usually overnight everything. But because it was holiday time, uh, they could not deliver our medication one time and I honestly believe this is the reason why the baby did not stay um I guess we'll never really know a hundred percent but it's the only thing that makes sense because our blood levels and everything was perfect everything was good we had a positive pregnancy test as well and so the only thing that makes sense to us was we ran out the medication. Uh, we didn't get it as soon as we should have gotten it. So my husband and I said, you know, next round, we're going to stock up on this medicine. And this medicine is the one that we had to pay for. This is the one that is not covered by insurance. So we definitely will be uh, ordering some very soon just to have on us. Um, but yes, um, that's basically it. Um, you really have a strict guideline of what you can and cannot do. Um, there is no intercourse at all. Um, from the time of you taking your trigger shot to the time of maybe about six weeks out it honestly depends case by case I know with us we could not we was recommended do not shall not will not so yeah <laughs> but um again it's case by case um I will say if you decide to do this, if you decide, if you're like, I want to have a baby and my doctor has recommended us to go through fertility treatments, I wish I had did this sooner, but please join a support group. You need to talk to someone that is going through with what you're going through because anybody else is not going to understand they're not. I've been told, y'all need to go get drunk and go to a hotel somewhere. You'll get pregnant. You got all that stuff you sell. You'll get pregnant off of one of them. And I'm like, no, don't you think we try that? Y'all, God, don't. 
trying. You know, I sell this stuff. Don't you think I've tried everything? Lord have mercy. Don't you think I use that swing? Jesus, listen. <laughs> but no, I know I know people mean well, but um honestly, join a support group. Um this is I I don't know how many times I could tell you. This takes a lot from you. It really do. And um, the best thing to do is to have someone that can understand your journey. That can understand your mental headspace. Um, I can tell you this. I know a lot of people never really understood the reason why I wanted to do this. Because I always hear you have four children already. You really don't need to be selfish and have another one. Me having another child is not selfish, okay? Um, I felt as though I had four kids by my ex. And this is not the bash him because I'm at the point in my life where, you know, I'm happy that things happened the way they did. For the simple fact, if they never happened the way they did, I would have never met and married my husband. And I'm so grateful that, you know, everything happened the way it did. Everything fell in line the way it was supposed to. Um, but there's, it, it's no surprise. I was not happy with my kid's father. Um, and I'm pretty sure he wasn't happy with me considering everything that happened. Um, but, you know, don't get me wrong I love my children and they are my biggest blessings I've ever had in my life um they really taught me a lot you know being a woman and being a mother to them they've helped me grow and they've helped me become who I am today so for them I'm 100% grateful and I owe them my entire life um I just feel bad that the one thing that my husband has ever asked for, ever wanted in his life for me, I'm having difficulty to do. And I, at one point, felt as a, like I was a failure. Like, I really did feel like that Um, once, you know, everything was going on. I felt as though I was a failure and I felt as though, you know, I should just probably... Bow out, bow out gracefully from this marriage. And um, my husband had to like really sit me down. And, you know, we had to have that conversation. It was really hard to have, but I'm glad we did because I feel so much better. Um, and we had to really discuss this and really get to the core of it. And, you know... I will say I am extremely blessed to have someone that is not pressuring me to do this. Um, we both know the risk of us going through this. We know the risk of me being pregnant in general. I am considered high risk. Um, <clears throat> and he said it was up to me. Um, after we lost our babies, you know, this last time it was, you don't have to do this. Um, you take some time off from this and go back to the drawing board and we can figure something out. Now, those were his words to me. And I said, 
At first, I said I didn't want to do it anymore. And then after I allowed myself to start healing, because I I felt... I felt like maybe I just had no reason to, like, I, I shouldn't be upset. Like, that's, that's what I was feeling. Like, maybe I shouldn't be upset. It's not like the baby was moving or kicking at the time. It was just an embryo. But, you know, I, I had to allow myself to grieve. And I had to allow myself to accept the fact that, yes, it was just an embryo, but it was something that was a part of me and my husband as well. And, you know, we just knew that this was going to work. So once I grieved, and I'm still grieving, once I started grieving, I uh, allowed myself to go through the emotions. And um, I, I said to him, let's try one more time. One more time, and um, that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. We're going to try one more time, and I uh, I am preparing myself for this. Um, I will continue with the acupuncture um, starting next week. Um, I feel like my body ha- is it, really going through something right now, Um at the moment, um, <laughs> I, I been cramping and everything going through that, um, part of this journey. And, uh, my body is just like tired right now. So maybe next week I, I feel like I'm going to start my acupuncture back up again. Um, I will go back to doing my massages as well because you want your body to be at its best and to relax i have started uh i did sign up for the gym and i have started classes as well because i I said i want to be the best me possibly i i don't want to lose 200 pounds like i literally would disappear if i lose 200 pounds i would barely be anything be like two pounds or something anywho I don't want to lose a bunch of weight but I do want to get a little bit healthier get my blood pressure back on track because with the medication that I had to take including prednisone my blood pressure did start going up again and that could have been another reason why this didn't work out so I definitely want to get that back on track um and I just want to be the best me possibly. So hopefully we're praying to start again by the end of September, beginning of October of this year. And prayerfully, this will be it for us. And prayerfully, we will be pregnant and be at the end of our fertility journey. Um, so yes, talk to people. And if you know someone that is going through fertility issues or struggling to get pregnant, whether they don't have any children or maybe they're in their 40s or their 50s and they're just like, I want to have a baby, you know, even though you may not understand it or you may not agree with it, doesn't mean you have to be negative about it. Just learn to shut up. <laughs> just learn to just, you know... If it's something you don't understand or you don't agree with, and I just wholeheartedly believe sometimes you just need to love that person. Just love them. Just, you know, give them a hug. You, If they ask you for your opinion, just tell them you don't have one. 
sometimes we often like to talk too much and we like to give people unsolicited advice and uh let's not do that um but i will say support your friends support your family members that are going through that um kudos to the women who have done this for many of years just to hope to hold their first child um i pray that you get your life desires and that you know you are able to one day give birth to your child i pray that that happens for you um so yeah that's basically what i have um that's just a little story of my fertility journey um women make sure that you talk to your obgyn make sure you go for those yearly tests um make sure you tell your doctor if you have any changes or discomfort in anything um yeah make sure you guys are telling them testing me do this do that um never take no for an answer get a second opinion at all times and just know that you're not alone i i had to i i have to remind myself daily i'm not going through this by myself and reach out get a support group and reach out if you guys have any questions i'm here to answer them just email me at sip that tea at gmail.com and I will answer your question um, either through email or on air. So you guys have a blessed day and thank you again for joining me. Talk to you later.